Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History final. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate Pick'em Podcast, brought to you by Visa, Indeed, Bet Online, and Monkey Knife Fight. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined by my brother out in Chicago, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, we're coming off a chalky week two. How does that make you feel? A little? Yeah, it was, it was a great week, too, for us, betting chalk. But, you know, you got to keep your head on a swivel. You got to be uh, got to be safe going into this week. Um, so far in the NFL season, favorites of seven or more points are nine and two against the spread. Teams getting more than 50 percent of the bets are 21 and 11 against the spread. Overs are 20 and 12 uh, hitting at 63 percent. So a lot of chalk early. So you just got to be wary going into week three. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, bloodbath for sports books in terms of the the money line parlays teasers we spoke about. Those those all went through. Um, it, you know, it's at some point water is going to find its level and this thing is going to get dicey. I do want to. I did notice that set to the favorites of seven or more nine and two against the spread. I think that may, we'll see, of course, it's still small sample size, but that may just be a thing with COVID here with no fans involved that the best teams, they may just have to, Vegas may have to make these spreads a little bit bigger to, to cover for that. And I think they already did this week. I think it's the Colts uh, Jets yeah. game. The Jets are terrible, but the Colts are 11 point favorites, which I think that opened around eight or nine and they didn't want what happened last week where, you know, the Ravens, the Chiefs, titans that was a close game but they ended up winning a lot of those big favorites were within a territory where you tease them they get under a field goal that's why a lot of the teasers hit the the 49ers versus the jets so they're not playing around this week you tease the colts in the normal six point tease you only get it down to five so trying to prevent people from doing stuff like that so i think they're adjusting a little bit and maybe we'll see some more upsets this week Mm -hmm. well we shall see it's an incredible slate uh, getting ready for this where I think on Thursday we're getting getting two bad teams out of the way so maybe that's why this looks as good as it does uh, Thursday Night Football being Miami versus Jacksonville and leaving us Sunday with some solid action here so before we get into it so far year to date looking at our picks and things we've previewed on the podcast I'm a whopping five and five Tyler three and seven keep your head up um, and we're both one and one in terms of our locks of the week so all in all we're we're due for a heater to to get above 500 here is the way we're going to look at this first game we want to talk about here a matchup of two undefeated teams the Los Angeles Rams traveling to Buffalo taking on the Bills Bills minus two and a half point home favorites over under in this one is 47 Tyler, the Rams have really taken care of business so far early in the year. They had that big week one win over the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. They went out to Philly last week, beat up on the Eagles, and now they're traveling back east to take on the Bills in Buffalo. And the Bills team, they were the darlings of the offseason, one of them, um, and they've largely taken care of business out of the gate here. Josh Allen performing well against two pretty bad teams in the Jets in Miami, two of the worst five teams in the NFL, I'd say. Uh, but he's leading the NFL, 729 passing yards. This this is going to be a good one. I don't it, where where are you leaning so far with this one? Yeah, I think this is going to be a very good game and kind of a temperature check for both teams. Like you said, the Rams. You know, a lot of people were down on them going into this year. And they had a disappointing season last year coming off the Super Bowl year, but they were 9-7. and seven. It wasn't like they were 5-11 and 11 and god-awful, you know. They were competitive. They've built this team to win now, so you'd hope they would be uh, competitive if you're a fan of them. Two good wins versus, you know, the Cowboys, who everyone was hyping up, yourself included. The Eagles, who people still think are good. I'm completely off that bandwagon and felt like a fool betting on the Eagles last week. It's an impressive win for the Rams. And for the Bills, like you said, Josh Allen has played great first two games, getting some MVP hype. But it was versus two bad teams, so he's going to need to come to play this week. You look at last year, some of their bigger games versus the Patriots early in this season, Baltimore, the Eagles last year. He, he didn't play well, so I think he's going to come in to this game play motivated to you know really show this bills team is legit so i do like buffalo uh, minus two and a half some trends they're four and one against the spread their last five as a favorite um 
and just some other stats. The Bills are fifth in sacks uh, so far this year. I think their pass rush will be able to get after Goff, and we've seen when you get pressure on Goff, he gets a little wobbly in the pocket. The Rams are pretty banged up at running back, and yeah, they have a committee with Cam Akers, Malcolm Brown, and Daryl Henderson, but it looks like Daryl Henderson is just going to be the guy, and uh, Brown and um, Cam Akers might miss the game, so... I like I like the Bills two and a half, and also the Rams traveled back to LA after the game in Philly. Yeah, and are why traveling. did they do that? That makes no sense to me. So I like the Bills two and a half. I think under field goal, this is a big game for them, big game for the Rams too. But I think the Bills, they want to assert that they're a legit contender. They go out and win this game at home um, versus a West Coast team and an early start. So I like the Bills two and a half. Yeah, one one issue there for you on that uh, Rams early start thing. McVay's five and zero straight up and against the spread in in Eastern time zone at at those one o'clock games in uh, his head coaching career on the Rams. I don't understand why they went back to the West Coast. That seems like a ton of travel. I I like sleeping in my own bed as much as the next person, but uh, seems like a lot to do there. Um, I. I'm also leaning the Bills in this one. Two and a half just feels too short um, for them. I, I agree similarly. I think Josh Allen played well that last game versus the Pats last season, which was a big game. But I, I think he kind of needs needs this one against Aaron Donald and that Rams defense to solidify his case. He's starting to get a little buzz. Mike Randall gave out uh, his, his MVP future on our podcast a couple weeks back. The, the the line has shifted for him. People are starting to to feel the buzz there. So I I'm leaning Bills minus two and a half. That'll be my pick, uh, Tyler. But overall, I love this over. It's at 47. This Bills defense, they were hyped up to be one of the best in the league. They have a couple. They're missing a couple linebackers. Um, last week they gave up 28 points to Fitzpatrick and and the Miami Dolphins. You look at this Rams team. They've been putting up numbers. It looks like they have a little bit of their juju back from a couple seasons ago. So 47 feels too low for me, especially when we know the Rams have that banged up backfield. I think they're going to lean more heavily on the pass game. Yeah, I think the over is a good play as well. At 47 and a half, some advanced stats for you here. Uh, the Rams have been ag- aggressive passing the ball on first down. They have the best passing success rate on first down in the NFL. It's only through two weeks, but at 81%. So essentially that means they gain four more yards on first down. Um, they're the second best overall on first down, so they're getting ahead of the chains early. The The Bills have struggled running the ball, but they're seventh in passing, so uh, seventh in passing success on first down. So it, it comes down to Josh Allen proving that he could do it. Um, Goff has the lowest aggression, lowest aggressiveness percent in the NFL. That's what the, the next-gen that? stat. So basically... So it basically means he's thrown the least amount of passes where there's a defender within one yard of the receiver. So essentially, I think McVeigh is scheming up very good plays for him. They're getting back to where they were two years ago. Robert Woods, McVeigh, uh, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, the tight end, Higby is really good getting them involved. So I do like the over as well in this game. And these are two aggressive offenses we've seen early in this season. So I think the over is a, is a good play too. Okay, looking at the next game up here on the slate, we have the, this is going to take me a few weeks to get used to, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, taking on the Pats in New England. 
the Raiders got their big uh, big W on Monday Night Football in their debut in the new stadium in Vegas, which looked incredible. Uh, by the way, they're down 10 hour early. They closed that one out on the 34 to 14 run. Impressive victory as about a six point dog versus the Saints. The offense looks good, Tyler. Uh, granted, week one is against a little bit of upkeep in Carolina's defense, but Saints defense, largely the past year, has been one of the best ones in the NFL. So. A lot of a lot to be excited about there. Looking at the Pats side of the ball, crushing loss for them um, in in week two there at Seattle. Stopped on the one yard line, kind of roll reversal from the Super Bowl a few years back. But Cam has kind of been the story for them. The spread is they're six point home favorites. The over under in this one's 47 and a half. I'm leaning I'm leaning Pats here in a bounce back spot. Is that crazy? No. I mean, you look at the trends for Belichick as Patriots coach, and they're all unbelievable. Following a straight-up loss since 2003, they're 34-13 and 13 against the spread, covering those games by almost six points a game. And you think, yeah, they lost last week, but Seattle might be one of the best teams in the league, and they went toe-to-toe with them. Cam looked awesome, and... Like leading up to season, I was a little shaky, and like two days before the season started, I'm like, "There's no way they're bad," but like I didn't expect him to be that good. And the way he's throwing, the velocity on his throws, I mean, we haven't seen him look like that maybe since his MVP year. He's had a lot of injuries, so he's fully healthy. That offense is really good. Uh, did you like the last play they ran on that uh, goal line play to win the game? I think they should have at least given Cam the option to throw the ball, like sneak one person out. I think Collinsworth said, like, oh, how do you stop this guy? Cam Newton, a one-yard run, possible. Well, if the other team fully sells out to stop it, then you can. Um, so I wasn't wasn't a huge fan of it. I, I think they should have done the same thing where they ran it. It was either in the Seattle game or week one versus Miami where he did the same thing, step back, and it's just the easy toss pass to the second-string tight end. Um, I think that would have been the preferable move, but I agree. Cam Newton hasn't looked this good passing the ball. I feel like since they got stomped by the Broncos in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, he looked he looked great. Edelman had his most receiving yards ever in a game. Um, so yeah, the Patriots look good. I'm going back and forth. I had Raiders uh, money line on Monday night, so I feel like a little bit of a sharp on that one. I was on them. They they looked impressive, especially you know they got down ten nothing, seventeen to seven. And then from there on, they kind of controlled that game. They were 10 of 17 on third down, 2 of 2 on fourth down. They outpossessed the Saints 36 of 23 in the game. And it, I looked at the drive log, and the Saints just didn't have the ball really in the second half. By the time they scored their last touchdown drive, the Saints, there's only seven minutes left in the game when they got the ball. The Raiders just kind of like stuffed it down their throats. Derek Carr played really well. Um, so I'm. I'm Kind of leading the Raiders. It feels like a lot of points, but mm. I don't know. It's hard against, hard to go against the Patriots. And yes, the Patriots defense got torched last week by Russell Wilson. But like the way Russell Wilson plays and the way Derek Carr plays probably couldn't be more polar opposite. Russell Wilson loves throwing the ball downfield. He's probably the best deep ball thrower. Him or Mahomes, um, so aggressive. Now he can, you know, he can move outside the pocket. All Derek yeah, Carr sucks. does is. All Derek Carr does is dink and dunk down the field, and it it worked versus the Saints. Darren Waller's a beast, but like the way the way he plays is not going to beat the Patriots. And you know Belichick is scheme against that. He's irritated the way the Sunday night game went, the way yeah. he looked in his press conference with yeah. his battered shirt. He probably hasn't yeah. slept. He's eating. 
you know mcdonald's burgers and fries all week he's become a meme there was a meme like how you look during your 9 a.m zoom call (laughs) during during covid so he i think i like him a lot in a bounce back spot like you said every patch trend the last 15 years you kind of throw out the window because they're just stupid in terms of under brady but the last five games after they've allowed 30 points or more they've won all those games so i think belichick gets the defense in order I like what the Raiders are doing offensively. I don't know that Derek Carr is a quarterback of the future there, but they have some serious weapons between Jacobs, Waller, uh, Ruggs, Brian Edwards. Um, So I like what they're doing. I think they're going to get an angry Pats team off a loss. It's also a short week for the Raiders after playing Monday night football. They have to travel east. I don't like that either. So I'm I'm taking the Pats. Six points feels a little little much, but from what we saw from them last week, um, I think they're going to be able to move the ball pretty handily against the Raiders and, and do a good a better job uh, than they did last week. Uh, so you're, are you Raiders plus six? No, I think I've talked to myself and listening to you. Uh, on to Patriots, minus six. Now, like you said, the short week and going east uh, since 2003, road underdogs of six or more points in this uh, position are... 37 percent covering the spread so not a good spot and the Raiders defense played well you know once they got down but they they weren't great against the run Kamara averaged six yards a carry the way the Patriots want to play I feel like that's going to favor them and as I said I think the defense is going to come to play and make Carr throw the ball downfield which I don't think he's comfortable doing maybe they break one and I, I feel like the Raiders hang tough early in this game but I think the Patriots overall just they're not going to be able to start stop Cam and that uh, offensive attack let's move on to the next game we want to talk about talking about the Seahawks their home versus the Cowboys Seattle is minus four and a half. The over-under in this game is so high, 55 and a half, highest of the week. Seattle, as we talked about, comes off that thrilling Sunday night game. Like I told you, they're letting Russ cook, and he is do- he's playing great. I think he's the- he's now the MVP favorite, right? Yeah, it's it's really bad news for us. There have been a lot of things that have been bad news for the 49ers out of the gate here, but the fact that Pete Carroll has given him the, the keys to the car, it's not good <laughs> because – between Metcalf and Lockett, they have real weapons. And if they just open this thing up, he's been ridiculous to start. He has an 82.5% completion percentage. He's only thrown 11 incomplete passes through two weeks. He leads the league with nine touchdowns. Um, so, he, And he's meeting a Dallas defense that has looked like Swiss cheese thus far. Uh, Goff played decently in week one he moved the ball pretty well his stats weren't anything crazy but week two they get shredded by the falcons they gave up 39 points they forced no turnovers um there's a reason we have like a big 12 over under here at 55 and a half uh because you look at the other side of the coin my dallas cowboys uh they they continue to be um a bit of an enigma and and overall letdown but the offense has like really i mean they got it together last week Dak's already thrown for 716 yards that's third in the nfl um i i know this over under is insanely high but both of these defenses are are just have been miserable the seattle's pass defense they have the 28th ranked pass defense by dvoa um 
as we said, we just spoke about Cam Newton. He had probably his best game in three or four years against this the secondary. I know they added Jamal Adams, but they get no pass rush. And so you're, you're going to let the deepest wide receiver court in the NFL have time to get open. I think that might spell trouble for Seattle. Um, and maybe I'm going with my heart and not my head here. But I, I like the Cowboys at plus four and a half here. I think there's something to get the first win in, in an insane fashion last week versus Atlanta. Um plus four and a half with no real Seattle home field advantage. I, I think they're going to have a little bit of positive juju. And if this team is going to turn the corner and be any good this year, they're going to make this one a competitive game and the defense should show some kind of improvement. And uh, so I like, I like the Cowboys plus four and a half. I love when we agree. Um, I oh no. When I was doing prep for this game and reading up on my stats, running my models, I did like Seattle, but thinking Dallas about first it, quarter. <laughs> no. Uh thinking about it more, I do like the Cowboys. The Cowboys are so lucky that the Falcons are maybe the most incompetent team walking the face of the earth. Because if they were 0 and 2 going into this game, there'd be so much pressure. They'd probably lose 0 and 3. McCarthy would be on the hot seat three weeks in as coach. Mike McCarthy's never won at Seattle. He's 0 and 4. His house are hard as a uh, Packers coach. Obviously, the NFC Championship game they blew and in part because of his awful play calling, but this just Ew. feels like, yeah, this feels like the cowboy, the game the Cowboys play. It's early in the season, but they always, there's always a spot. I feel like every year where they're an underdog versus a better team, and they always play well, and then the Cowboys get that hype again. I think this is their spot. Um, Russell Wilson, I mean, pressuring him might not work. He's been pressured the second most in the NFL, almost a third of his dropbacks. I mean, he continues to play great, so that might not bode well if you get pressure on him. But that is something to watch if Dallas can get after him a little bit. Um, some stats, that, like you said, favoring the over. Dallas has allowed the most explosive pass plays, so pass plays of 15 or more yards. Seattle at second at uh, nine, so neither of these secondaries are great. Seattle scored a touchdown on all of their red zone possessions this year. Dallas is fifth in red zone defense. Again, it's early in the year, but this is kind of where the matchup alive. Dallas could at least hold them to field goals. I like Cowboys. I think Dak is going to be able to throw on this defense. They're going to be able to run the ball with Zeke a little bit, try to keep Seattle off the field, keep the ball away from Russell Wilson. And like you said, the Cowboys probably have, I mean, I think they do have the best receiving core in the NFL. C.D. Lamb is awesome. It's too early to say Brandon Ayuk is good or bad because he was banged oh, up. No. He barely played, but God, C.D. Lamb on the 49ers would be great. I was, I was upset when they passed on him and Judy. He looks awesome. He's had back-to-back 100-yard games. Uh, so he looks good. And Seattle has been outgained in both of its games by its opponent and has allowed the third highest average yards per play at 6.7. Their defense isn't playing well. It's Russell Wilson, close games, the Falcons week one doing incompetent Falcons thing. So, you know, 2-0 has been all on Russell Wilson's shoulders. I think Cowboys come to play in this game knowing they're lucky. They got lucky last week, but also riding that momentum and knowing they have to get off to a good start. So maybe Cowboys first quarter is a good bet. Yeah. I, I just looked it up on bet online. They're the money line for the game. Cowboys plus plus one ninety five. I think that might be worth a little sprinkle here. Seattle, they get, I mean, they get the goal line sand versus new England last week, a huge Sunday night game. Do they have a little bit of a letdown this week? Maybe. Um, so I'm, I'm riding the Cowboys plus four and a half. So are we three for three here? 
Sa- same side. Oh, baby. Um, last one, and then we'll we'll go to a break after this game. Uh, the Sunday night football matchup. Green Bay Packers visiting New Orleans Saints. Saints three-point home favorites. And this one over under 52 and a half. No, the Packers, I think both of us included, and a lot of people just kind of wrote them off this year. Like, uh, they draft Jordan Love. Rodgers seems unhappy. They went 13-3 and three last year. Everyone was like, I don't know that they're any good. They got rolled by the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. They've come out so far this year, and uh, rolled the f- first two games. They, they're two and zero straight up and against the spread. Uh, they're averaging forty two point five points a game. Granted, first Minnesota and Detroit seems like Minnesota has taken a step back, but regardless, you play the schedule you're given, and and that offense has looked like the real deal so far. Rogers seems to be in a little bit of fu mode out of the gate. He is six hundred four passing yards, six touchdowns through two games. Now the opposite side of the coin. You have New Orleans uh, off this Monday Night Football loss. Michael Thomas banged up with the ankle injury. Drew Brees, is he washed? Is it time for Jameis? I don't know, but I'd like to get that plot line stirring um, on these streets at least. Three-point home favorites for the Saints seems interesting to me. Uh, I don't really get this line, to be honest. Uh, so I'm leaning I'm leaning Packers, but I don't feel amazing about it. What, where, where's your head at? What what don't you get about it? Let's talk this through. Okay. So the Packers have been the better team through two weeks. There's no fans, I believe, in New Orleans. Why why is New Orleans a three-point home favorite? With Drew Brees looking the way he has, with their best offensive player out, uh, Devontae Adams, I guess, banged up. I need to check. I think he's what questionable for this week. Yeah, I was just reading that. He He didn't practice today. He said it's feeling better. I think we're making good progress every day, but we're just going to wait and see. Barring some setback, I, f- I feel like he's going to play, and maybe they're just kind of th- trying to throw the Saints off a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I like the Packers in this spot. Um, I, I think Breeze is washed. You've said Brady's washed. I think Breeze is significantly further ahead of whatever you, that scale do, is. Do you remember my take last year about Teddy Bridgewater? Are we sure Drew Breeze is, is that much of an upgrade? That's aged decently at this point Tyler decently I mean I would let's have some fun with it let's still throw the ball it sucks he's third like what do you really we know Sean Payton has a crush on Taysom Hill Taysom Hill had a run from the fullback spot last week on the goal line he, he got stuffed which I was happy about but I mean they love Taysom Hill he has to I imagine he's going to be the starter once breeze leaves they paid him a lot of money yeah they paid him a lot of money i gave some advanced stats earlier i'm going to give you some more um next gen so they they track a couple stats here that we have a partnership with next gen they paying us for all these plugs (laughs) uh no but i found some stats on breeze that kind of back up what we watched on monday night football so his average yard his average yards on all pass attempts is 4.9 yards, which is the lowest in the league. So he's only throwing the ball on average five yards per play. His air yards to the first down marker, negative four. So essentially he's throwing the ball short and hoping his receivers, tight ends can make a play. His completed air yards is 3.6. I think that's second lowest in the league. He's not throwing the ball down the field. Everything is dink and dunk. We saw it yeah. on Monday with the Raiders, especially with Michael Thomas out. 
everything is short. Any pass he does throw deep, it's a duck. It's like a change up down the middle of the field. So I, I think the Packers are going to be prepared for that. Um, what are some other stats I got here? Rodgers obviously playing well. I think he's motivated the way the offseason went, the way last year ended, getting you know embarrassed in the NFC Championship game. He's first in QBR. I know people don't really like that stat. He's fifth in passer rating. They're running the ball great. They're first in the NFL and run success rate, uh, third overall, the third most explosive plays. Granted, you know, you could say Minnesota and Detroit aren't the two best teams, but the Saints defense did not show much on Monday night. The Ram, the Raiders bullied them short week for the Saints. They didn't practice today also, which is weird to me. Um, so for all those reasons, I like the Packers plus three also like sprinkling a little money line. Like you said, no fans. That's a huge disadvantage for the saints taking that out of the equation rogers in a dome always feels like he's great so i like the packers and aaron jones is is off to a great start here too he had a massive game last week uh versus detroit i think they're gonna lean on him and continue to kind of make this work and if if adams plays yeah i think the packers the packers are definitely the right side uh so we we will take a quick break here and then we'll see if we're we're five for five aligned and we could do a full a full sleep parlay this weekend visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities whether there are corner stores our coffee spots or our favorite shops Local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders, they call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid only through September 30th. All right, Cody. Now let's move on to this night game. And it feels like years since we've had this good of a Monday night game. Maybe since Rams Chiefs a couple years ago. We have the Chiefs at the Ravens. Ravens are minus three and a half, over under at 53 and a half. I would say these are the two best teams in the league. The Ravens have looked great uh, through two weeks, really balanced, kind of dominating. Both their win. Chiefs come off that thrilling game versus the Chargers. Uh, where are you leaning in this one, Cody? Yeah, looking at these two teams, I agree. This is the best Monday Night Football game we've had in, in quite a while here. I mean, last year we had... 49ers Seahawks which were biased that was a premier one but to get Lamar Mahomes this early is awesome and feels like a huge spot for Lamar Jackson right like kind of our last memories of him last season are 
ultimately a disappointment in terms of uh, the way things happen versus the Titans in the playoffs. He's looked great out of the gate. They destroyed Houston last week again, and they're just like subtly uh, annihilating teams. There's some crazy sad. I forget exactly, but like their last 14 games, they've been winning for a majority of them uh, in terms of uh, regular season. Um, so looking at this in terms they've of they've won 14. Sorry, cut you off. They've won 14 straight regular season games since they lost to the uh, Browns last year in week four or five. So they're hot. Yeah, they're they're red hot. Thank you, thank you for the stat. Um, I I am leaning Chiefs though. All that being said, uh, the Ravens. There's no fans here, so there's no real advantage there. Um, looking at trends for the Chiefs, uh, Andy Reid's done really well recently as an underdog. They're six one and one their last eight. Um, on, in their last five Monday night games, they're four zero and one against the spread. Uh, and honestly. The fact that, again, it's in Baltimore, but there's no advantage there. I think it, it is a little bit of a fishy line. Like, I think the Chiefs should get more credit. I realize they needed OT to get past Justin Herbert, but I I think there's a little bit of value on them in this spot, getting three, three and a half points. So I'm, I'm leaning Chiefs here. Um, over under 53 and a half. It's kind of shocking that this wasn't the highest, this matchup you look at on paper. Um and I definitely, definitely love the over in this one as well. I don't think that's going to be breaking news to anyone, but I think you look at what Justin Herbert did last week versus the Chiefs defense. You look at what the Ravens, um, their defense is, is has been solid, but I think Patrick Mahomes is just, he's too much at the moment. This offense is too much to be held down for four quarters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these teams played last year, early in the season, I think it was week three also, Yeah, mm-hmm. and I had I had the Ravens as my lock, and they covered that game. The final score was scores, a crazy game. Yeah, 33-28. Chiefs led double digits for most of that game, but it was, a, it was a weird game. The Ravens went for two a couple of times, didn't get it. I think they missed a kick at some point, so it was, it was a strange game. The Chiefs covered, or the Ravens, I should say, covered late. Um, Mahomes, or that was, I mean, ugh. Lamar Jackson showed what he could do in that game. Um, I I hate agreeing with you. Um, I'm I'm leaning Chiefs also. They're 10 and one against the spread their last 11 games. So I guess that means they had covered 10 straight games prior to last week. And you can look at last week and they definitely struggled versus the Chargers. But I think it's a little bit of a weird spot where you know they came off the Thursday game rested, but maybe a little sluggish also, thinking they could just kind of roll over on the Chargers. Tyrod Taylor, no one knew he wasn't going to play. And that whole story is crazy, too, with the doctor. Yeah, punctured long. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense now that Anthony Lynn was maybe a little against going uh, going to Herbert right away now, given the way, I guess, Tyrod lost the job. It's very unfortunate. Hopefully he's okay, but I would say that's pretty typical of the Chargers. Um, so they didn't know Herbert was going to start. They, they had no game plan for him. And Weird game. Maybe they're looking ahead to this game also versus the Ravens. So I think that's why getting the Chiefs under, getting the Chiefs at three and a half, getting them for a field goal cover feels like great value. Um, so I, I really like the Chiefs in this game. Like you said, obviously no fans. I think the Chiefs come in obviously ready to play and knowing this one, this, this game early in the season. And it's week three. This is a huge, huge. Chiefs are expected to be the two teams battling for the one seed in the AFC. Especially, especially with the extra playoff team this year, 
the one seed's the only team that gets the bye. So this is a huge game for tiebreaker purposes. Uh, I mean, these are the two teams battling. The Chiefs plus three and a half. Um, I think it's a lot of points to get. You're not going to get it any other game this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you here. This this three-point spot, it just feels like this game on Monday Night Football between these two offenses and these two head coaches, I, I just like having the three-point cushion. Um, so we're, we're full five for five in alignment here. So uh, thoughts and prayers to us. But I do feel very good about all these picks. So we shall, we shall see how that works out for us come this weekend. Yeah, I want to make a point about Monday Night Football. The last couple of years have been, I think, so much fun. Two years ago, we had Jason Witten in the booth, who was like a zombie. Um, the Boogermobile. Then last year, just Booger and Joe Tessitore. Joe Tessitore screaming like the game-winning play in the Super Bowl was happening every week. This year, I feel like the crew is actually good with Steve Levy, Greasy, and uh, Louis Riddick. So. I would love to have Booger and Joe Tessitore for this game. They were so bad that it made it more entertaining. Like having having like an actually good crew makes it a little less fun. Do do you feel the same way? They should let the primetime crew call this one, which I think is Chris Berman and Booger now. I think Booger has replaced Tom Jackson. Uh, I haven't watched this season yet. Um, they don't have an ESPN Plus login, but uh, so if anyone out there has one, give them my way. But uh. Yeah, let let Boomer let Boomer get on the call for this one between uh, these high-powered offenses. Um, but yeah, I do I do miss Booger and his Booger Mobile. Um, so before we get to lock of the week, we have a new segment we're working in here. A new partner of the Full Slate Podcast, Monkey Knife Fight, a daily fantasy uh, website. Um, kind of a, a newer up-and-comer as a rival to FanDuel, DraftKings, Monkey Knife Fight. They uh, they have different player props and, and contests there. So we're going to give basically a monkey knife fight player prop of the week. If you like the content, if it sounds like an engaging, fun uh, tool that you'd be interested in, go check it out. Use promo code full slate, uh, all caps, no spaces, and uh, you'll basically get, get a deposit bonus there for doing so. Um, so monkey knife fight, they have a number of different types of contests, Tyler, and why I think it's appealing is it's just you versus the house. You don't have to worry about being entered into a pool with a ton of sharps that are crunching as as many models as you are over there. Um, so I think I think that's nice, very approachable. So they have a game called More or Less. So essentially over-unders for player props. Um, and it almost works in like a parlay fashion where you choose an over-under for a given game based on the player props they provide. So I'm looking here at this Cowboys Seahawks game and they have Dak Russell Wilson over under. Um, and if you get both right in terms of their passing yard, uh, the prediction that you, that you choose, you basically have three times your buying. So more or less function as, as a parlay, they have Dak's over under at 295 and a half. Russell Wilson's at 290 and a half. We touched on it briefly already. Both these defenses have been pretty awful thus far, specifically uh, when it comes to the passing game. Seattle is the worst uh, passing defense in the league in terms of yards allowed a game. They've allowed over 415 yards a game the first couple of weeks. We saw what Matt Ryan did last week. We've seen what Pete Carroll has done in terms of giving Russ the keys to the car, let him cook. Um 290 and a half. I think that's low. So I'm, I'm taking the over on both of these guys, a monkey knife fight. You can go in and, and you can play that. You can fade it. You can follow it. You can do whatever you want. If you use promo code full slate on sign up, Tyler, what's your monkey knife fight player prop of the week? Yeah, I was, I was looking at that game as well. 
I was looking at that specific bet, I should say, as well. Oh, but I'm looking God. at it. I'm looking at a different bet within that game. So as you said, it's cool. You play against the house. I think a turnoff, at least for me, uh, for FanDuel, DraftKings, in those huge pools, it feels like you just kind of have to hit the jackpot to really win significant money. And, you know, I'm running models, but I don't have that many. Um, so this is playing against the house. You get to, you could choose from any game, and they have multiple contests, so it's really fun. Yeah. So the one I'm doing within the Cowboys Seattle game, it's called Touchdown Dance. So you get to pick three players from the game, um, running back, wide receiver, tight ends, and you get to pick an over under on how many total touchdowns they'll score. The more, the higher the over under, the higher the payout. So since this is our first week, I'm gonna do a little more conservative one. Um, so I'm picking, I'm picking uh, three players from that very, game. Very responsible of you. Yeah, three players to score over two and a half touchdowns in that game. That pays out 1.5. So if you put ten dollars, you win 15. The three players I'm picking are Ezekiel Elliott, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. Like we said, this is gonna be a high-scoring game. Neither team has played great defense so far. Um, out of Zeke's last six games, dating back to last year, five of those he scored a touchdown. Four of them he scored multiple touchdowns in. Metcalf has scored in both games this season. Lockett scored a touchdown last week. So you only need three total. I think that's, I think that's a good bet in a high-scoring game. I, I think Zeke gets two on his own, honestly. And then you only need one from Metcalf or Lockett. Russ threw for five touchdowns last week, as you said. Matt Ryan threw for four against this Cowboys defense. I think Metcalf or Lockett gets one each, potentially. If you want it to be a little more risky, you could do over three and a half, and that pays out three times the amount, so you need four touchdowns total. So I'm going to, like I said, conservative first week, and then as I get more comfortable, I'll up my uh, risk level. So. Over two and a half touchdowns from those three guys in that game. Promo code full slate for sign up. Um, I think this is gonna be really fun and a different outlet and different way to to bet these games. Yep, yep. So very excited and happy to have Monkey Knife Fight partnering with us there. Uh, so oh yeah, it's Tyler's have promo code full slate. All right, Tyler, let's get to a lock of the week. We're both one and one here. You had a, a hail mary of a victory last week, so I'll let you get us started here. What's your what's your lock of the week? I never sweat it. Um, so I was I was debating between a couple Gambling's games. Gambling's easy. <laughs> yeah, place bets win money. It's an easy <laughs> game. Um, so I was debating between a couple games. At one point, I was about to take, and I hope you didn't take this, but I was about to take the Falcons minus three as my lock, and then I... <laughs> And then I read, I read how many injuries they had today at practice, and I was, I was turned off immediately. So I'm glad I stayed away from that and the stress of betting uh, on a Dan Quinn coached football team. I'm gonna go to a game we talked about. The first game we talked about, I, I love the Bills two and a half. I, like I said, I think this is a huge game for Josh Allen and this team to prove their contenders. Um, I gave out some of the stats earlier on how you know they're passing. They've been very successful early on in you know downs getting ahead of the chains they're fifth in sacks like i said so i think they'll be able to get some pressure on golf saw this at an action network their defense boasts the number one overall pass rush win rate not really sure what that constitutes but that's a good stat and the rams you know with donald and those other guys who do you think are great at getting after the quarterback they didn't sack once last week and the eagles gave up eight sacks week one which is pretty strange they're 30th 
in the NFL so far in that same category. So their pass rush hasn't been as great so far early in the season, but hasn't been great so far. The weird travel uh, is a turnoff for me. And they also, Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano, two of their starting linebackers for the Bills, are practicing this week. They missed last week, so I think that's good, especially covering Higby uh, for the Rams. So I love the Bills getting them under a field goal in this game, two and a half. I think this is a statement game for them, and they get a statement win uh, early in the year. All right, circling the wagons. I wouldn't make it my lock, but... I mean, we've already spoke about it. I like the Bills in this spot, um, and a lot of faith in Josh Allen. So we'll see. We'll see how that one goes. It's always a roller coaster of emotion when he randomly will lateral ball uh, like he did in the playoff game versus Texans last year. Um, and uh, speaking of the Texans, I'm very excited uh, for my lock of the week to be fading them. I'm looking at this line. The Steelers are three and a half point home favorites um, versus Houston, and I. I get a little nervous when when I feel this way about my lock of the week because maybe it's too good to be true. I don't know. I don't really know, Tyler. But um, uh, I'm a big fan of the Steelers in this spot, specifically because of their defense. Uh, they've they've gotten off to a to a very nice start this year. They're the second ranked in defensive DVOA. They just have a lot, a ton of playmakers. We spoke about a lot about it last year that Minka Fitzpatrick trade, and we weren't. We weren't for it. It looked like they were about to be a top five uh, draft pick. What are you doing? Big Ben is out for the year. You might need to use that on the quarterback. And he's kind of been a game changer for them, paired up with Watt and all the other guys they have out there. They fly around defensively. Um, I think they're going to give Deshaun Watson and Houston headaches this week. Big Ben, it's kind of been like status quo so far. He's averaged 270 yards a game. He's thrown five touchdowns since he's been back the first two weeks, kind of kind of getting his feet wet here. Uh, back against two weaker opponents in the Giants and the Broncos without Drew Locke. But I think that's kind of nice for him to ease into it. This Houston defense is allowing 400 yards a game. Um, and, and Houston has not performed recently as, as an underdog. They're 0-4 straight up and against the spread. Their last four in this spot, your boy Bill O'Brien, I'm not a fan. And the Steelers get back David DeCastro this week, who's their best offensive lineman. So minus three and a half. This is a little bit... I'd expect it to be five and a half, six. It's three and a half, which weirds me out a little bit, Tyler. But sometimes you just got to go into the eye of the storm and, and take this bet. I, I love the Steelers minus three and a half. I just it it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Yeah, this one seemed I, I was looking at this also. It seemed too good to be true getting the Steelers at this low of a number. Um, but I'll give you some a system play why maybe your pick isn't a good pick this week. Um, so teams that start off 0-2 against the spread in week three, when they're not playing another 0-2 team against the spread, they're 54-35 and 35 against the spread, a 60% uh, cover percentage. When Additionally, when those teams fail to cover by an average of at least five points in the two, first two games, which the Texans are, they're 65 again. 65% against the spread. So a couple system plays uh, for you there. I don't know what the Texans did to the NFL to get this schedule to start the year, playing the Chiefs, Baltimore, and Steelers the first three weeks. Absolutely brutal stretch. Um, yeah, the Steelers' defense has looked very good through two weeks, kind of as advertised. Last week, that game, though, versus 
Broncos was like weirdly close and it mm-hmm. took like a, a James Conner run to kind of seal it at the end. That makes me a little nervous. Big Ben has looked pretty good, a little rusty. Um, I don't hate the pick. I I'm, wouldn't make it my lock of the week as I didn't. Um, I'll, I'll cross my fingers and hope it hits for you, but it feels like a weird game and maybe the Texans come to play in this game because you start 0-3, you're, you're done, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm willing to take on the eye of the storm, as I said, and and ride with with the Steelers. So we shall see what happens. But we'll be back Sunday night to recap uh, the games that were, and hopefully uh, each go two and one on our uh, lock of the week here. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. If you have loved ones that rely on your income, you need life insurance. But finding the best quote shouldn't take a lifetime. With Policy Genius, you could save 50% or more by comparing quotes from America's top insurers. First, head to policygenius.com. In minutes, Policy Genius will compare prices starting at as little as $1 a day. You might even be eligible to fast track your coverage with a no exam policy. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team handles all the paperwork and red tape. If you have any questions, their team of licensed independent experts is on hand to help. In fact, Policy Genius's award-winning service has a five-star rating across thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Make today the day you cross life insurance off your list and get protection for your loved ones. You could save 50% or more by comparing quotes. To get covered, head to policygenius.com today.